beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the Word to see Jesus. John chapter number 1 and verse 16. Let's read together. Want to go. I know this. We have received of His fullness grace for grace. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for the teaching of your word. We thank you because utterance is given to us. We thank you because lives will never be the same again. Thank you for your presence that is strong in our midst. Thank you. There will be manifest God kind. And people will live here blessed. Thank you. Jesus is revealed. And everything else that is not of God trembles, dissipates, disappears. As Jesus is unveiled tonight in this room. And to all our online audience all around the world. As Jesus is revealed, let fears be cast away. Let failure be rolled away. Let sicknesses be healed. And let diseases be gone. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, do pray. Amen. And we give the Lord a shout on the way to your I wanted to give someone a high five, welcome them to church. Tell them it's such a good thing to see you in church tonight. Hallelujah. Make sure you're smiling. As you do that, and you may be seated. John chapter 1 vibes tonight. It says, of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Of his fullness, not of his scarcity, of his Fullness have we all received and grace upon grace. Not of his scarcity, not of his lack, but of his fullness. Don't you look at that scripture? Of his fullness, of his abundance. It tells you how, first of all, God gives to you <laughs> and how he relates with of his fullness of his abundance have we all received and grace for grace I'm going to dwell here for a few moments I want you to just soak it in of his magnanimity have we all received so he's not dipping his hand to give you leftovers He's giving you of his A vibe is a good or bad feeling that a person is or a situation produces that you respond to. Or atmosphere. The atmosphere of a 
as felt or communicated by others or the atmosphere of a place that you feel is the or character of a person or a place a vibe is the mood or character of a person or a place it's important for you to get these definitions because it would help you moving forward Monday I began to sit down to think about what the Lord would have me with Monday Monday morning what the Lord will have me share with you this weekend and I started contemplating because when we talk about a blank slate the word I want to use for blank slate is first things and God can give you new experiences every day but second one is a blank check that God is saying just come and withdraw and to know the nature of the person asking you to come and withdraw it's important to know his heart towards you it's important to know how his heart resonates to because that knowledge is going to help you to decide how much you're going to take from him so it is his vibe what vibe does he give me what what attitude does he give to me in asking me to come and receive from him that's what I need to know if I'm going to withdraw and withdraw well. Praise the Lord. So I, I started thinking of how to communicate this thing in such a way that you get blessed. And in such a way that you go home deciding in your heart to take that which God has given to you in Christ Jesus. So for the next 40 minutes or thereabouts, I'm going to be teaching you God's vibe to you. How God, how God resonates, how He thinks. He's in, let, let me put it like this: God's emotional state towards you. Now, you know, before I came to church, I was listening to um, Apostle Selman, and there were certain things that he shared that I was so blessed by, and I want to, want to take off from there. There is something called systems of advantage. That God has put in place liver since the human being can take out those systems and in life. Now, why is it important for you to understand God's system of advantage? I want you to pay all attention tonight <laughs> because this is a usual service. You're going to live here so now. The system of God's advantage. Is something that God has to ensure that your limitations, the things that are your human limitations, do not become a hindrance to where you ought to Man lives in 24 hours. You almost never have enough time. Actually, I always said it, and I'll say it again. If you live all years, and you never have heavenly interruptions of favor and mercy. Normal human being. Actually, you die and live in normal. What I mean is, I know season, it's season a lot. What I mean is that God has placed certain systems of advantage in place that you can use to compress time. And to forge ahead in life. 
you don't see them. My dear, there will be very little that you will be able to make in terms of progress. So, this is, this is what it's called. It's called God's system of advantage. It is that man in his own strength has too many limitations. And that the ideal picture of God's blueprint for your life will never be attained. The ideal picture that God has for your life will never be attained if you don't receive assistance along the way. Somewhere along the line, some help has to come. Scripture calls it lifting power. That something jumps on you and lifts you from one level to another level that you do not qualify for. You see that thing that they used to do double promotion in primary school? You have to have many of it in life to attain what God has designed for you. If all through one year, you don't have fast track, ah, you may never arrive. Oh. Somebody say amen. amen. So, somewhere in your head, you have to be, as you are, you see, in quotes, as you are laboring, put, being diligent, being hard working, being diligent, going to your work, faithfully, somewhere at the back of your mind, you must believe that God intends to be good to you, hey, yeah, yeah, in such a crazy way, that makes no sense and that you did not contribute for. Because if everything that comes to you in your life are things you work for, you that person, not you, is indeed cursed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There has to be room for heavenly interruptions. Say amen. amen. Now, Apostle Selman calls it God's system of advantage. That God's blueprint for your life will never be attained fully. If you don't, if you go unaided, or if you go unassisted. Now, one of that God's so at at different times God interrupts Earth with these systems of advantage. One is called mercy. Mercy is a twenty-four hour cycle that is renewed every day, every morning. New mercies. The other one is called favor. So when the, the man of tell you you he's not for example the man of god tries to tell you you are favored he's not trying to promote himself neither is he trying to sound deep is that favor and mercy is one of the ways that god has designed to give you an advantage in life and compress time that's why if a man he used an example of a man who is 40 years old and just gain. 40, you just got born again. I've never said that teaching. You just got born again at 40. And then we use Jesus' um, principle. Jesus used 18 years to prepare for ministry. And this man is supposed to be an apostle to the nation. Again at 40. It means if we follow the principle, it would take 18 years for him to be fully ready for ministry. So God did compress for his sake. Such that, listen, such that in a short time he's ready. A woman has not been able to give birth and she's maybe in her 40s and it would take nine years for her to have three children. Mercy is that God compresses three children in one and gives her triplets. It's the mercy of God that compresses time. 
It is the favor of God that gives you the advantage in life. I'm putting this as a template for you because I'm about to enter something. So now, why did I take my time to explain all of this? Because Satan is going to try to ensure that you don't see the vibe of the Father's heart for you. He's going to try to block you. He's going to try to keep you from hearing the word. He's from coming to church. He's going to try to get you to see that you're alone in this life. You're on your own. And it's the only thing you will get is the only thing that you have worked for. That devil is a liar. There's something called the favor of God. There's something called the mercy of God. And that's you tonight. Can you give the Lord a shout? Genesis 45. Let me show you a few things. Genesis 45 from verse 16. I'm going to start this way. Just take my time to teach you gradually, you know. I want to start with what I call types and shadows. I want you to see a man in scripture. That gives you a reflection of who Jesus is to you today. Genesis 45. Let's look at verse 16. Genesis 45 from verse 16. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto your brethren, these do ye, laid your beast, and go get you unto the land of Canaan. Verse 18. And take your father and your households, and come unto me. And I will give you, And I will give you the good of the land of Egypt. And you shall eat the fat of the land. Verse 19. Now thou art commanded, this do ye. Take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, and for your wives, and for your father, and bring your father, and come. Verse 20. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. 21. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh. And he gave them, pro- somebody say provision for the way. Oh, somebody say provision for the way. To all changes of raiment, but to Benjamin, he gave three pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father, he sent after this manner ten asses laden with the goods of Egypt and ten she-asses laden with the corn and bread for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away. This is where I was going. And he said unto them, See that you fall not out by the way there are two things that that is described here first of all joseph begins to fill up you know the wagons all men poor shepherds from israel coming from a land filled with famine when they came to meet joseph joseph decided to show them favor 
He blessed them with so much stuff that if it took them maybe 20 years, they would not even be able to achieve. But Joseph did it in one meeting. Then told them that as you go along the way, I want you to give me another translation of this. If you can give me another softer translation. As you go along the way, this blessing was such that you should not fall yourself. What that meant, listen, was he knew that these guys, good, these guys were, were just meeting him for the first time after many years of them selling him to slavery and they had seen how God had blessed him. Blessing them with resources, giving them stuff. Um, the, the Bible says that Joseph had been so blessed and so prosperous that he now wanted to bless his um, his brothers. After he had blessed them, he sent them along the way. The word there is make sure that you don't quarrel amongst yourself as you go. That is, as you're going along the way, do not start blaming each other. You don't say, boys, you see, you see, you're the one that sold him. That one will say, you, you, it's you that told, that collected him up. He says, this kind of blessing is such that it's without blame. It is, as you are going along the way, look at what he says. So he sent his brothers away and they departed. Then he, he said to them, see that you do not disgrace. Get excited, quarrel along the way. That is, don't start to point fingers. You point finger at this person. This one points finger. It's your fault. You're the one that said we should sell him. This one will say, it's your fault. You're the one that brought the idea. And then they'll start quarreling. He says, don't fall out with yourselves. You see, it's a kind of blessing that blesses you without looking at your faults. That is, it is a blessing that is not checking you out. Is a see, look, this what, what blessed me was that Joseph told them, Don't fall out, don't fall out with yourselves. Another implication of this, as I was studying, is that Joseph was saying, Hey, hello, and um, the scripture says, Do not be troubled along the way. That is, second, I have so provided for you. So that you will not experience trouble along the way. It's a double kind of provision. The kind that warns you not to beat yourself. Maybe you said something terrible to somebody years ago. You, 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 you will never amount to anything. And then you see him years later. He has amounted to not just, he has amounted to big things. Then you're now hiding your face in shame. You understand? Yeah. If I knew, I would not have said that. If I knew, I would not have done that. That's exactly what was happening to the, to to his brothers. They were, ah, so ashamed of what they had done. They were ashamed. They were f- see that you don't fall out amongst yourselves along the way. The kind of blessing that doesn't look at your faults. The kind of blessing that doesn't look thick. Now I want to show you certain things. This Joseph we are talking about is a picture of Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus. Whenever you look at scripture, the Bible says all of scripture speaks about me. I am the I am the content of scripture. I am the evidence of scripture. I am the product of scripture. I am the one all of scripture is talking about. So when you read Genesis and you see Joseph, 
Don't be looking at Joseph. Be looking at your Savior. Be looking for to see your Savior. Because what Joseph is telling them here is the same thing Jesus is telling you here. That which that that thing that you did that was supposed to be for your evil has finally turned out for your good. Don't beat yourself. Oh boy. You didn't hear me. Huh? You meant it for evil. I have turned it around for good. Don't beat yourself. Take this blessing. Don't beat yourself. Take this favor. Don't beat yourself. Don't blame yourself. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't blame yourself. I want, you to, I want to show you a few things about, about this. Let me just show you. Give me those pictures quick. I want you to see Jesus. I want you to see Joseph. Alright? So Joseph was loved by his father. Jesus was the beloved of his father. Joseph's brothers did not believe in him and hated him. Oh, the Jews did not believe in Jesus. They hated him too. Joseph's brothers rejected his right to rule. You know the story. Joseph's brothers conspired against him. Jesus too. It happened to him. They collected silver to sell Joseph. They collected silver to sell Jesus. I don't want to start. It's a picture. It's a type and shadow. So when, you, when Joseph is telling his brothers, don't fight amongst yourself for the things that you did wrong, it's the same thing Jesus is telling his bride. Don't beat yourself. Don't fight yourself. Don't, don't, don't be, allow condemnation. Don't allow guilt. Let my love provide for you without finding fault in you. Say, Amen. This is who Jesus is to you. Oh, somebody say, this is who Jesus is to me. This is a picture of your Jesus. What Joseph was telling those people is the same thing Jesus is telling you today. Don't beat yourself. Don't beat yourself. The man who beats himself cannot receive the favor of God. Oh, my fault. Oh, my fault. Oh, my fault. Every time my fault. No, no, no. Stop beating yourself. Receive mercy. Receive favor. And you say, Amen. That's why that opening scripture is so important. It is of his fullness. These were men who came in broke. There was firming where they were coming from. But they met one man. And they met this man, their, their brother. You know that Jesus is your brother. He's your brother. He's your big brother. They met these guys. And then the magnanimity of, of their brother filled their wagons with good with ten asses ten you know just give them all kinds of goodies and say go back and give to your father listen when you meet jesus he doesn't find fault in you and he blesses you somebody say amen oh somebody who believes what i'm talking about is for you i'm describing your story i don't know how you came into this service i don't know if you came to this service with no money in your pocket with no hope for the future i don't know where you are in your life but this is what jesus is saying to you today don't beat yourself say amen oh say amen 
So we're looking at how did Joseph bless his brothers? What was the vibe that he gave them when he was blessing them? That's what we're looking at here. Was the vibe just mm, oh see you you that have been very bad to me. You know what? Let me just help you small. You know there are many people who want to bless you. By the time you see how they want to bless you, say keep your blessing. I don't want. Somebody you go to a fast food restaurant, they want to give you food. They want to you food you're paying for. And you're boning. If you bone like that and you're serving me food, I won't eat. You're you're angry. Keep your food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now this the vibe that this guy is giving them is I love to bless you. I take delight in blessing you. And whilst I'm blessing you, I'm not looking at your mistake. You don't blame yourself. Listen, many times God is not looking at your mistake. It is you that is beating yourself. And if God is going to really help you, He tell you, me, I'm not beating you. Stop beating yourself. Say amen. Let's look at Joel 2.26. Oh, I feel God's presence here. Hi-yah. Number one, what was Joseph telling the people? Don't blame yourself. Number two, don't lack anything along the way. Do you believe that God has made provisions for you for all the days of your life on this earth such that you lack nothing along the way? Listen to me. God has laid up billions of dollars for you to fulfill your purpose. I say it again. God has laid up billions in dollars for you to fulfill. You see, you see, lack, lack, lack is holding your lips. Lack is holding your tongue. I said, God has laid up for you billions in dollars for you to fulfill your purpose in the earth. Hey, set that tongue loose. God has laid up for you billions in dollars for you to fulfill your, your purpose. As I'm talking, somebody say, me, we never see hundred dollars before. Or me, I've never seen five five thousand dollars cash before. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Tune into this reality. Dollars is paper with somebody's picture on it. It hunts you down. See, God's goal for your life is that this money will come in to the point that you wake up, you will not still know, as in you've done all the favorable things that you need to do, and then you are now thinking of good things to do. That you know, oh, kati patila pahaya, akile bose, epe nisele patila pahaya, mentu sele pahaya. And what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that you will receive so much that it will be stored up after you've done all the good things. Ah, I'm talking to people on this side. After you've done all the good things that you need to do, eh? There's still left over. Still left over. Kaya. Look at Joel two and verse twenty six. Let's let's read together out loud. You, you have mouth, mouth? Mouth, out. Oh yeah, let's go. Want to go? <laughs> uh-huh. Stop. Stop. You shall eat scarcely. Uh, yeah. I say you, you need to understand this vibe. So first of all, he's giving to you 
but he is also giving to you with abundance in mind that's why i started with all his fullness not leftovers see the vibe is first don't blame yourself secondly eh, take enough for the journey and then third eh, is plenty 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 see he says you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the the name of the lord your god that has dealt what wondrously with you and the reason why god wants to favor you the way he is is so that you will not be ashamed kai kai the glory of god is here i said it's so that you will not be ashamed sir let me tell you under the sound of my voice there will never come a day that the landlord will chase you out of the house no be, that you can't pay rent no it will never happen oh no not in this lifetime i say it will never happen kai kai i say it will never happen at all times you have more than enough i decree and declare over you no shame i decree and declare over you no shame look at his vibe and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied you know the picture that many people have of god is a god that gives scarcely and then the god that will ask you what do you want to do with it no it's not your time not now Ah, oh, yeah some of you don't understand that chronos only operates in the earth huh? in the heavenlies oh yeah thank you for utterance in the heavenlies there is nothing like chronos it is prophets that put time to eat that is when i find the revelation of god and i say it then the heavens add time to eat and give it to you in the heavenlies they, they don't know time they don't know days they don't know months they don't know years they don't know anything so and i told you those of you who are in prayers yesterday i said you are the prophet of your own life as you begin to talk you are adding time to it so somebody can stand up and say by this time in august i have my car and heavens all of heaven is waiting for you to say that and when you say it it has happened that is the angels everybody has activated it that oh see our ambassador on earth has said that is what he wants go now and get it done to him are you hearing what i'm saying and what i'm saying is that you shall eat in plenty let me show you another scripture let me show you another scripture deuteronomy 28 11 and 12 I'll show you a lot of scriptures today. Deuteronomy 28, 11 and 12. Yeah, let's read together. Hiya. Want to go? Twelve. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A few of the works of your hands. A few, most of the works of your hands. 
Okay, continue. See, what I'm giving you is template, template of how God has blessed you in Christ Jesus. Templates. So what I'm saying, sir, eh, is that God's dream for your life and the vibe with which He gives to you is until you collapse. That is, until He overwhelms you. And that you can't, you say, enough. I say, no, you will eat. He say, enough, Lord. No, the picture that many of you have is, ah, you have this big, you know, issue. Just take this small sustenance. No, that's that's not your father. When your father is responding to your need, he responds as God. Abundance. That's see, he responds as God, and his response to you is always abundance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at what he says. The Lord shall open of his good treasure. Let me show you another scripture. Psalms 36 and verse 8. Psalms 36 and verse 8. See, see, God, God cannot vibe something that he is not. God always vibes what he is. So, God cannot vibe lack. He is not lack. That's, there's no way he can shake himself and lack will come out. No. Every time God vibes towards you, it's always abundance. That is, He gives on His level, not on, on your need. On His level as God, not on your need. You've got to believe this. <laughs> Psalms 36. Let's read together. You see, He didn't say the leanness of your house. Is fatness. You shall make them drink of the river of your pleasures. I'm see. I'm I'm trying to show you how God responds to you when He wants to bless you. He responds lavishly. Lavishly. Psalm sixty-five, four and five. Yeah, let's read together. Blessed. Stop. Hey, Charles, blessed is the man whom the Lord chooses. Blessed is the man whom the Lord... Blessed is the man whom the Lord chooses. He says, and you cause to approach unto thee. That is, you choose him that he may come unto you. Give me another translation, please. Kaya. Oh yeah, let's read together. Want to go? How happy is the one? The one you chose to bring close to live in your courts. This one says happy. The word blessed is stronger than happy. He says, the one you chose to bring to live in your courts, how blessed is he? How blessed is he? He says, we will be satisfied with the goodness of your house. The holiness 
of your temple. Verse 5. Verse 5. You answer us. How? In righteousness. With what? All inspiring works. God of our salvation. The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the distant seas. He says, you answer us in righteousness. Live in his courts. Sir, you are not living in his courts. You are not living in his courts. Things change though. There is no outer court, inner court, holy of holies. No, 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 no. You know now, eh? Bible says you are seated together with him. That's number one. Number two, he is living inside you. He did not just bring you near. He furnished your heart and has made his abode in your heart. What does that mean? Abundance lives in your heart. Abundance. He said, blessed is the man that the Lord has brought near. You see, let me tell you one of the things that I have noticed in my life. When people hang around me, I rub off on them. I know. Now, there are also people I hang around that those people rub off on me. I know. When people come close to me, my mind rubs off on them. I know. There are people that I hang around that their mind rubs off on me. I also know. What this is saying is that you can go close to the maker of the universe. Let his mind rub off on you. See, listen. The world has achieved many things. They have achieved kidney transplants. They take one kidney. In fact, now they remove and put kidneys like they are removing, you know, um, the shoe. You know, they just, it, it's just normal. The world has achieved heart transplants. They can take somebody's heart and give to another person and it will work normally. Let me tell you what they've not been able to achieve. Brain transplants. Because my brain is me. It is my brain that tells my heart how to function. My brain is me. Me is my brain. If they take me, my brain, and give it to you, you become somebody else. It's only in the gospel that we have a brain transplant. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So what it means is that God takes his brain and puts it in your head, in your spirit. You are now like him. You are thinking like him. You are seeing like him. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So it's only in the gospel that there is the possibility of a brain transplant where you can now think on God's level. I said, you man can now think on his level. You are one with him. What I'm telling you is that from today, lack cease to embarrass you. Listen, not only have you come out of scarcity, I decree and declare by the anointing of God's Spirit, by the anointing of God's Spirit, that you have become a solution to nations. By your hand, many will come into abundance. Hey, 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 by your hand, many will come into abundance. By your hands. <laughs> by your giving 
many will come into abundance i see people here i see people here building houses and giving people for free buying cars and giving for free no you're not living on the lower class no 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 a thousand times no a thousand times no thousand times no you may be seated see that let me show you just three more of these scriptures psalms 145 18 to 19 psalms 145 18 to 19 the lord is near to all who call out to him all who call out to him with integrity verse 19 and he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him he also will hear their cry and save them you know the word fear here is not afraid of him the word fear is reverential fear that word fear is the word if you look at the translation the hebrew translation is the word worship the word worship is actually the one that has reverence for the father and for you to reverence him you need to see his heart of love to you god is not angry with you i'll show you another scripture joel 2 18 to 19 i'm arming you with scriptures joel 2 18 to 19 let's read together then the lord will be jealous for his land and pity his people verse 19 yea the lord will answer and say unto his people behold i will send you coin and wine and oil and you shall be satisfied therewith and i will no more make you a reproach look see see the goal see the goal the goal is till you are satisfied That's the goal. Till you are satisfied. That is, <laughs> till you are, till you say enough. Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. No, the picture many of many people have of God is a God who is a scarce giver. He also gives to you, but He gives to you with scarcity. Says, so just, just take this hand out. That's why I said of His fullness. Of His fullness. See, let me tell you. You will never see handouts with God. He doesn't have. You know how they say, um, what, what, you, don't, you can't give what you don't have. Uh-huh. Put it in this case. He doesn't have handouts. He doesn't give handouts. Can I show you one more? Job 33:19. Job 33 and verse 19. Now, what you're, what you're about to see is a story of a man who um, Reverend Reverend Tokula used it when he came to preach, and you know I had to go and find the scripture and meditate on it because I listened to the message, and I went to find the scripture. It says he has chastened also with Job thirty-three verse eighteen. Oh, verse nineteen. That's right. That's right. Go back. He has chastened also with pain upon his bed and the multitude of his bones with strong pain. Verse 20. Just keep going. 
so that his life abhorred bread and his soul dainty. His flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen and his bones that were not seen are sticking out. He says, yeah, his soul is drawing to the grave and his life to the destroyers. He says, if there be a messenger with him, that word messenger is another word angel. So, you know, blessed are they that bring good tidings. It's an angel. Like, for example, I'm an angel to you today. And you, as you hear these words, you're going to be an angel to somebody outside when you go. A messenger of peace. Look at what he says. He says, if there be an angel on his side, one mediator out of a thousand, to show this person what is right for him. Actually, the King James translation says to show him God's righteousness. This one says God's righteousness is what is right for him. That is, show him how right God is. Show him how good God is. Show him how much God loves to bless him without finding faults with him. He says, if there be a messenger to show this man, this he's here, he's God's, God's uprightness, God's rightness. Look at what will happen to him next. He says, then he is gracious unto him and said, deliver him from going down to the pit. Why? Why? Oh, say it out loud, church. I have found a ransom. Look at what will happen to his body. He says, his flesh, Mantela Bahaya, he will show him God's righteousness. His flesh shall be fresher than a child's flesh. And he shall return to the days of his youth. What brought him to the days of his youth? The revelation of God's righteousness. Some of you don't know that this thing I am saying to you has effect on your kidneys. Has effect on your bodies. If you believe it, I'm telling you, you look younger than you already are fresher your body will come back to normal he says take a man take for example somebody who is already dying of aids he says take him just take him and show him give him the message of righteousness show him god's righteousness in not putting sin on him god's right some of you say ah how easy is that well is that easy the word of god says so Take a person who is dying of cancer, sit her down, and teach her to understand God's righteousness. That he is not putting sin on you. The Bible says that person's body is going to become fresher. Do you know what it means for a person's body to be fresher than a child? How fresh is a child's body? Fresh already. And then you say somebody's body can be fresher than that of a child. Why? Because he understood God's righteousness. See, let me tell you. That heartbeat that is racing faster, that anxiety, panic attack, wake up every morning declaring to yourself how righteous God has made you. That's where your healing is. Tell that condition, God has made me righteous. I'll show you two more things and I'll be out of your way. When we tell people that God is not angry with you, say this after me, God is not angry with me. Say it out loud. Say it again. I want you to say it like you mean it. Shout it. Shout it. 
Why do we tell them that God is not angry with them? As I was preparing, I mean, when I'm prepared, believe me, when I'm prepared for my message, I read articles, I read Forbes, I read, I read, I read. As I was preparing for today's episode, I stumbled on an article written on Phil Cook's website. And it was not written by Phil Cook, but it was written on his, it was on his website. And the article says that anger is a reflection of incompetence. Now, the description that is used is that of, he, he talked about two scenarios. One is a, all these small dogs, all these small dogs that have small stature. He, he said he noticed he had, he had raised some before. He noticed that these dogs, they just bark at everything. Wah, 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 wah. But then he raised two big dogs, one Rottweiler and one German Shepherd. And he noticed that these dogs don't get moved by small things. So he was talking about, it's actually a workplace um, article. How that many times when people, bullies and jerks, are actually revealing their inherent fear. When they bully you in the office, when somebody's bullying you in the office, if you, those of you who are children and you were bullied as a child, that person bullying you is actually inherently afraid. But he's masking his fear with bully, whatever, and anger. So he was saying that when you become big and you are competent, the small stuff don't move you anymore. You have the ability to deal with them. When we say God is not angry with you, think about anger and competence if god remains angry with you it's because he's afraid and cannot handle the issue if god remains angry with you what he means is that your sin has become too big for him to handle that he's no longer he's now so massive he's no longer competent to handle it then he becomes angry but scripture shows us here. Let's look at Colossians, Colossians 1, 20 to 23. Let me just show you that God is no longer angry with you because God was competent enough to deal with the sin matter. What I mean is that God is competent in handling sin. That's why he's no longer angry. That is, that sin is now the small stuff that he would just, this one, blood has covered it. Moving on to something else. See, this one, ah no, this one, this one, it's already sorted. See, what God greets your sin with is his competence. That's every time God sees your mistake, he greets it with his competence at handling sin. That's why I always remind you that Jesus paid for sin once and for all and sat down. His competence. When you are competent at a class, you don't do it twice. No, you don't, you don't do primary six twice. You don't write an ex- you write jam two times incompetent. No. If you're competent at something, you do it once and you move on. When Jesus met with your sin, he dealt with it once and moved on. He says, now let's leaving that sin behind. Can we now talk about how we can how we can help this one? How we can bless this one? And guess what? In him you got helped, you got blessed. I said in Christ, you got helped. And you got blessed. I'm preaching this thing with so much gusto. I said in Christ, you got helped. And you got blessed. Let's look at that scripture. Let's look at that scripture. Show you this scripture. Show you one last scripture. 
and then we'll go. Glory to God. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Now, now look at this. Let's read together. I want to go. See, see. As you're reading, think vibes. As you're reading, think competence. Eh? Let's read together. Out, out loud. Uh In the body of his flesh Through death To I want you to mark all of this Holy Unblameable Unreprovable The word unreprovable Is one that does not need to be corrected that is, he is so good, there is nothing to correct. <laughs> I say, this person is so good. You know, when a lady dresses up before her husband, say, honey, um, is there anything I need to change? And the man just looks at her and says, perfect. Nothing to add, nothing to remove. See, it's in Christ Jesus that you come to the place where there is nothing to add. Nothing to remove. You are complete in Him. I said, you are complete in Him. He presents you to Himself as holy. Look at, in the body of His flesh, through death. To present you to Himself. Because He is the examiner. And you are the one writing the exam. He sets the exam. Now He is presenting you to Himself. That is, He looked at your script. He marked it A+. And then he's presenting your script to himself as A. And now, he's the one that is going to give you a word. Everything is in his hands. That's, there's no one thing that is in the hand of your enemy. Somebody shout competence. Somebody say competence. Last thing I'm going to show you is two things. One is in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8. The other one is in Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8. Let's read together. I want you to show me another translation. I like that household. I like it. If there's any other translation that has household. If not, we'll just, I'll show you and then we'll go. We all know this scripture, don't we? Some of us quote it sometimes. How many of you know this scripture? Hey, let's read together. I want to go. Ephesians 2, 19 and 19 to 22. Ephesians 2. Let's read together. I want to go. Ah. So wait. So if God cannot provide for the people of his own household, he is worse than an unbeliever and has denied himself and has denied the faith because that thing that he said was he. He said it so that man will use it as a template to see how he is. He cannot say something he is not willing to do. You entered his household. You are his responsibility. If he cannot take care of you, he has denied himself. And guess what? He is faith himself. So what I'm saying is that there is no time God will ever be an infidel over your matter. He is a good God. And he is always taking good care of you. 
So the first worry that you should have, the worry you should have is, am I of his household? Eh? Once you are of his household, chill. Mercy will interrupt. Grace will show up. Favor will land at your doorstep. And what I'm saying is that your father has the competence to take care of you. I wish somebody will hear this and greet your future with so much assurance. The vibe that God has towards you. Let's read it again. And we'll, we'll, it says, so then, you are no more. Hello? You are no more a stranger or a sojourner. He says, but you are higher. Yeah, I love that word. Fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Say this after me. I'm of the household of God. Say it again. I'm of the household of God. Say this after me. God is competent. We're dealing with my sin. And he dealt with it once and for all. See, God's vibe towards you is goodness, mercy, abundance, favor, blessings. So, I encourage you, learn to pray. 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 Respond. Respond. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Respond. Respond to this blank slate with good vibe. Blank slate with positive vibes. Blank check. Open check with positive vibes. I'm going to give you a few minutes. Rise to your feet. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.